the New York Bankies podcast, talking Yankees with ATM Sports Bank. Let's wrap it up, people. I am still nursing my broken heart over that ALDS loss to Tampa Bay. But once again, my name is Adam Taylor McKillop, and you're listening to week nine of the New York Bankies podcast with ATM Sports Bank. Oh boy, it was thrilling. It was dramatic. It had plenty, plenty of highs, a lot of lows too. But the Yankees were eliminated late in Game 5 of the 2020 ALDS down in San Diego. I honestly felt really good about the Yankees' chances in Game 5, especially with Mr. Cole on the mound. But in the end, that raised bullpen ended up stifling the Yankees, especially when it mattered most. So the chase to 28 guys, it moves to next year. We've had 12 years without a championship. I'll do an off-season episode and general 2020 recap later, but let's talk about that 2020 ALDS and those darn pesky rays. Time for some segments, people. Get out your checkbooks, Yankees fans. Postseason baseball. On to the next one. Oh, wait. On to the next year, I guess, is what I mean. Yeah, this was a heart-wrenching and heartbreaking loss, but we still had plenty of good from ALDS. So, here's who and what we are writing money checks for from this past week of Yankees baseball, ALDS edition. And that first check that I'm writing goes out to Kyle Higashioka. I am going to put a little money on the fact that you guys weren't expecting this to be the first check that I cash from the ALDS. But the man, the myth, the legend, Kyle Higgy Higashioka, that 30-something-year-old backup catcher playing a huge role in the ALDS, well, maybe it's not what we wanted out of the catcher position, having the backup play most of the games, but this man had some guts in the postseason. So let's start with the Garrett Cole connection. In 2020, Higgy became Garrett Cole's personal catcher. Now, I will say... I had no idea this guy played with Cole growing up in travel baseball. That little nugget didn't come out until game five, but damn, no wonder these guys have such good chemistry together. But why else does Cole, why does this thing work so well? Clearly, he calls equally or better a game behind the plate than Gary Sanchez. You can see it, Cole's not shaking him off a ton. Another key, probably the biggest key for Kyle Higashioka, This dude blocks everything behind the plate. And for Cole, a fastball pitcher, it doesn't even matter that much. But when Tanaka pitches, when Britton, Ottavino, Chapman come in, this dude blocks everything. I mean, I absolutely cringe when Gary's catching those names and God forbid, gosh forbid, a runner gets on. It is scary stuff. Having a catcher you trust completely to block pitches in the dirt, that's huge. It's huge. Also, Higgy hit the series. I don't know if this is like very sustainable moving forward, but he hit 308 and 13 at bats. He walked once. He even hit a home run, two RBIs, and he only struck out twice. Boom, Higgy, way to step up into a huge role during the ALDS. You are getting my first check. That second check that I'm writing goes out to Garrett Cole. Yes, this one everyone knows is coming, but the $324 million man proved his worth. He surely did. 
in his very first year and his very first postseason in pinstripes. Sure, guys, he didn't throw a complete game shutout or no-hitter in Game 5, but let's face the facts. The Yankees got stifled by really, really good pitching. That Game 5 was not on Cole. He had them in position to win the game. Rather, this dude pitched three times in the postseason, including the last game on three days rest, which he's never, ever done in his life, and he was brilliant. The Yankees easily should have won every start he made, and they nearly did. They easily won the first two games, and again, with that little tiny sliver of offense, if they had a little more, he wins game five, and we're still talking about postseason baseball. But let's talk about how good this postseason actually was. He went 2-0 and in three starts. He threw 18 innings, had a 2.95 ERA, only gave up 13 hits and six runs, and a .98 whip. What? Also, he struck out 30 guys in 18 innings. That is stellar. Stellar. Hitters hit 188 against him. And also, that's an average, guys, an average. I pulled out my calculator of 14.9 strikeouts per nine innings. 15 strikeouts per nine innings? What more could you ask for? This guy is everything you want out of an ace. Game one. They come out and they told him to intentionally walk. I think it was Yandy Diaz. It might have been a Rosarina in the ALDS. And he's pissed. The next batter, he's hitting 100 miles per hour almost every pitch. And he strikes him out. Gamer. I'm very excited for the injured starting pitchers to return around Cole. We have Severino coming back. Paxton. Maybe even Domingo Herman. Did you, did, am I saying that right? Yeah, Domingo might be back. But that is one scary Starting pitching staff, Garrett Cole, you deserve every penny of that second check. And the third check that I'm writing goes out to Giancarlo Stanton. Last and certainly not least, Gino! Giancarlo Stanton is getting that third check of the ALDS series. Don't get me wrong, this isn't a this isn't much of a hot take or anything, but mark my words on the next statement, guys. When it comes to a hitter that's locked in, there is literally nobody on the planet that can mash a baseball like Giancarlo Stanton does. My good friend, Mike Garabedian, he's a longtime Miami Marlins fan, Florida Marlins guy. He was actually a fan of them still when they were the Florida Marlins. But he told me this about Stanton, and this ALDS, this whole postseason, was really the first that I ever witnessed that power of a locked-in Geno. But boy, is that scary. I mean, that home run they clocked at, at 458 feet, everyone's laughing at because if that's not a 500-foot home run, I don't know if that's even possible to do. He got robbed, guys. But yes, Geno was locked in. And a key here, a key here, guys, a very key phrase here, he was healthy. I haven't really knocked Geno's time in pinstripes because of the injuries. They've sucked. He's definitely more fragile than most guys, understandably with his negative percent body fat. I mean, this dude is all muscle. But anyways, the times have been relatively short uh, that Gino is healthy, especially in his three, four years as a Yankee. But when he's healthy and he's on the field playing healthy, fully healthy, he flat out produces. He's a world-class home run hitter. The king of the stat cast. It's phenomenal. I'm looking forward to next year if Gino can get another fully healthy year under his belt. And fans are due for a show if that happens. 
Let's talk his stats from the ALDS real quick. 19 at-bats, 6 for 19, hit 316, and he smashed, he clobbered, he did whatever he does to baseballs. He hit 4 home runs, 10 RBIs. Oh yeah, and he owned StatCast. He had every hardest hit ball in that series. He even walked twice. On-base percentage, 381. And slugging, his slugging percentage alone was literally 1,000. What? He is a walking beast. Gino, you're getting that third check. Here's to a healthy, hopeful vibes for you next year. Giancarlo Stanton, that third check. And those are the checks that I'm writing. I got another quote here for you guys. Yogi Berra, again, the king of the baseball quote, shocker. But this one's from Yogi. It ain't over till it's over. Welp, the Yankee season is over. Chase for 28 starts in 2021. Let's go. Back at it. Next up, let's go over three stocks that I'm selling. Here are the bad moments from last week from the ALDS. There were definitely some question marks from that series, but end of the day, guys, let's be real. The Rays have caught some lightning in a bottle right now. I mean, every button that Kevin Cash pushes is working. The bullpen, it's full of no names, but it's scary. And you get unreal series from other guys who don't really have, are kind of no names themselves, like Randy Rosarina. I mean, everything he's doing is working. The Rays have that special postseason vibe right now. End of the day, hats off to them. Grr, I hate them, but hats off. LOL, guys. Let's get it. And the first stock that I'm selling goes out to that Game 2 fiasco. Okay, okay, okay. We can all comfortably agree Game 2 was a disaster. I mean, honestly, start to finish, it was an utter tragedy. There's plenty of question about who to blame, but when it comes to the J.A. hat move and the Davey Garcia starter, this one was on the front office through and through. Listen to Michael K, guys. He will set the record straight. That decision was out of Boone's hands. So stop it with this fire Boone crap. Settle down. But yes, the front office royally screwed up this decision so, so badly. First of all, J.A. Happ was never really bought into this decision. Yes, he said he will come out in the second. He told Boone he was okay with it. But watch the post-game presser from that game. He was so clearly not into this decision. And again, like Clark Schmidt getting that, that start on the last day of the regular season when the Yankees still were not even sure what seed they had, let's just screw a young starter like Debbie Garcia. Let's screw with his mind, all right? Yeah, Garcia labored and gave up a home run in the first inning. But he was so clearly jacked up that you can't blame him. The kid is 21 years old, starting his first ever postseason game. That's why he threw 27 pitches. And the home run, it wasn't some big, monstrous home run. It was a really good piece of hitting from a very hot hitter. Whatever, guys. But Garcia, mark my words, like any great athlete, starting pitcher especially, would have come back out in the second and settled down. I mean, like Monty, like Jordan Montgomery, all we needed was four or five innings. He could have given, and he would have given us that. But analytics rule, the Yankees tried to outsmart the Rays, and it backfired. Boom, backfired. Hapso clearly didn't have it, and he was it was feeling like loss from the very jump. I saw an article in the New York Post all about how CeCe Sabathia, a Yankee great, 
ripping the Yankees on his podcast with Brian Rucco about the boneheadedness of this decision. And it truly was. I mean, a Yankee's great. He doesn't like it. You have to stop playing these games with analytics so damn much. Let the kid, Davey Garcia, let him rock. And also, like, we thought Cash was going to load his lineup with lefties because Garcia was starting. Yeah, he started five, but that, that manager is too damn smart. He knew the Yankees were trying to play this game. Don't try to beat the Rays at their own game. It's not going to work. And if not... If you're not going to do this, let your second best postseason pitcher in Masahiro Tanaka do his thing. Give him the ball in game two and put all of the pressure on the Rays by going up 2-0. Just do it. You have a $200 million payroll compared to theirs is like 50 or $60 million. Beat them at their own game. Put the lineup, the roster out there that you pay for. Let those guys beat them. Don't try to get into these mind games and these analytics games with the team that did it first. The Rays were the, the leaders of this, along with the Oakland Athletics. Don't try to scoop to that level. Just beat them at your own game. But yeah, that wasn't the only tragic part of game two. Oh, wait, there's more. And the second stock that I'm selling goes to CB Buckner behind the plate. I had a little note on my notes here and it literally said WTF MLB oh my oh my oh my gosh this one is hard for me to talk about guys if you follow me on Twitter I apologize I went off on Buckner while watching game two but let's start with the MLB how does this man have a job in a meaningful postseason game that ain't right I mean literally there are three umpires maybe even two Joe West and Angel Hernandez and C.B. Buckner, that everyone from baseball fans to the players to the managers themselves, they groan when they hear these guys are calling balls and strikes. Your role as an umpire is to not be known. People shouldn't know your name, and they shouldn't dread when you are behind the plate. So why? Why is C.B. Buckner so bad? His strike zone is a complete question mark. And I know, I know, I know what you're all going to say. I had Rays fans ripping me on Twitter about this, but they're wrong. They tell me, yes, the strike zone affected both pitchers and both batters. Of course it did. I'm not that crazy, guys. But why is this so important? Because of who the lineups are. Yes, the Rays hit really well this year and during the postseason especially. But we're talking about the Yankees, the New York Yankees. These guys ranked first or second in chase rate, swinging at balls, and swings in general. Point blank, period. This is the most disciplined lineup in baseball. And when you have a lineup, one through nine, who absolutely knows every centimeter of the strike zone, yes, a questionable strike zone makes all of the difference. And you saw it. I'm not just talking about the egregious strike, you know, strike three looking calls against Torres, Voigt, and others. But Clint Frazier, late in that game, after getting balls to go to two strikes, he's forced to swing at a close ball up in the zone for strike three, a pitch this guy normally wouldn't swing at, and a pitch that with C.B. Buckner behind the plate is a question mark. So that completely takes away the strength of the Yankees lineup. Pass the bat until you to the next guy until you get a pitch that challenges you and you either hit it 400 feet or you get beat by a good pitch. But when you swing at balls because of this lousy ump, 
Boy, that really ticks me off. And it made the difference in that game. It sucked. Point blank, period. And that third stock that I'm selling goes out to the bullpen holes. We need to fix this. So I've talked about this before, guys, but because of the struggles of Adam Adovino and the absence of Tommy Canely, who's hurt, this bullpen struggled in the postseason. I mean, the stats back it up. Chapman, we'll start... We'll talk about that last at bat later, but he pitched to a 1.93 ERA. He was in great form, and honestly, he just got asked to do too much. The rest of the bullpen, Greeny and Britton pitched to 3.38 ERAs each. I'm good with that. But then we get to the rest of the guys. All of them had at least a 4.50 ERA. There was one who pitched to a 9 ERA and two 13s. 13 ERAs in the postseason. And against the best bullpen in baseball currently with the Tampa Bay Rays, that is not going to work. That's hard to overcome. It was pretty crazy how the the other biggest strength of this team, the bullpen, I'm giving the biggest strength to the hitting, but the one of the biggest strengths, the bullpen, turned into a huge weakness by the time the playoffs hit. I mean, Adovino pitched to one of those 13 ERAs, and without Canely, this bullpen flat out had holes. It's not like the Sessas and the Loizogas of the world can plug those holes. It's just a shame they were asked to, but they're, they're just not going to. Again, it's a formula. But when this five-man rotation of bullpen, bullpen arms is down to two big arms in Canely and Adovino, you literally cannot trust it all right now. It was a disaster. The Yankees are going to have to figure out if Adovino can bounce back next year, and I'm, but I am very excited to see Tommy Canely back healthy once he gets back. Um, but yeah, let's let's talk about that last at bat, the, the home run that Chapman gave up. I mean, how poetic is baseball? This guy, Chapman, throws at this Brasu, Brusu, whatever his name is. They throw at his head earlier in the year. Um... But he comes back, Brasso, and he beats you when it counts most. Um, the bench is cleared earlier this year because of that hit, that throwing at his head. But in the last at B of the season for Chapman, Brasso was sizing up his fastball, and it was so, so obvious. I mean, he kept fouling them off closer and closer. And like Eric Cole, Chapman has those guts. He's He has that swag as a pitcher that you're not going to beat me, and I'm going to strike you out. I'm going to strike you out with my fastball because that's what I want to do. Um, but honestly, by the third or fourth fastball that Brasso fouled off, it was time to throw the breaking ball or just be okay with losing him and getting to the next batter. Chapman, you got beat, and you got beat in, in really a poetic fashion that you only see in baseball. Um, you saw Chapman, he shook off Higgy on that last pitch, but it's okay because he was in his third inning of work and his, like, third straight day in that series, um... Because the bullpen was a mess, Chapman got asked to do too much, so I'm not putting too much on him. But my last stock goes out to the fact that the bullpen has holes right now, and the Yankees' management is going to need to address those holes in the offseason. So that's the last stock that I got, guys. We bought stock. We sold stock. We wrote checks. We cashed them in. And most importantly, we talked about the New York Yankees. Thanks for tuning in, folks, and I will see you next week.